0: Learn more at marines.com Sponsored by
1: 1010 Podcasts The Celtic Exchange A fresh insight on Celtic Football Club Welcome to the final whistle, where it finished at Easter Road, Hibs won, Celtic three, and another big three points on the road. This is Tino, and I'm joined here by James. Quick disclaimer we did try and record on the way home from the game last night, but uh, technical difficulties prevented us from doing so. So here we are, the morning after. That's showbiz, lads. Uh, James, five straight ones in a row, and now up to second in the table. The Ange machine rolls on. It does indeed.
0: Um, you you say that there are three big points. I'm really looking forward to seeing. How important those three points will be come the end of the season? I thought it was a, a real significant one.
1: Yeah, significant one, and it feels like a a big night in the title race, even though it's you know end of October. Um, lots and lots of football to be played, but could be an important one to look back. They, they on. They don't give out titles in October, but they do in September. Hi, so they do. Ask Angie about that one. Um, so what we'll do first of all, we'll take a look at the starting lineup. Um, I suppose most notably, Mikey Johnson making his first start of the season and first overall since January. So, great to have him back. He's been chapping the door the last few weeks. Amakis drops back out, meaning Kyogo could return to the, the central striking position. How do you think that impacted the early exchanges? I think, first and
0: foremost, it shows Angie's style of meritocracy. If, if you're playing well when you're getting your slight chances, Mikey Johnson coming off the bench the last few games, then he's going to put you in. If you're shown that you're, you're due a shot in the first 11, Mikey's got his start, I thought he was just lively throughout. Um, it's early stages in his redevelopment, his recovery back from injury. But I thought he did very well. He adds, he adds a bit of tempo. Um, not that we've been sorely lacking that, but he just puts it up a wee gear. Just he's always busy. He's always looking, and he's always trying to you know, push, push the attack.
1: Yeah, and I think the team had been playing well and finding their momentum without Mikey. But it's just another option, and it's another. Another level, as you say, and his introduction—you know—it keeps a bad on his toes. It keeps, you know, the wide men, you know, um, you know, primed for for whatever comes for him. So yeah, it's definitely made a, a big impact. Um, the game itself, obviously, you know, we're going to cover it in some detail here, but you know, it turned out to be a bit of a, a whirlwind first half, and and ultimately that's where the game was was won and lost. I was going to ask well, you know what impact the starting lineup made, but a guy we've been speaking about a lot recently, Tom Rogers, he he was you know the orchestrator and at the centre of most good things, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, people sometimes think
0: Rogage is a fair weather player. It was far from fair weather last night and he was just loving it. He was thoroughly enjoying himself and he was on fire. It was a a big miss when he had to go off.
1: So hopefully that knock isn't too serious. Yeah. We'll go on to who our man of the match was a wee bit later on, but I thought it was interesting. I think it's the BBC that actually gave him man of the match for his 44-minute cameo, which tells uh, you all I you need to know. That, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so really good. So we'll cover his injuries in a wee minute as well. Um, so obviously, Easter Road, tough place to go. Could have been an early night, but we've not had to wait long for an opener. So within 10 minutes, it's one now Celtic, and it's Tony Ralves with a, a well-directed header at the back post. Talk us through that one.
0: Yeah, g- great. Delivery from... Turnbull, and I think Carter Vickers makes a great decoy run to pull a defender away from Ralston, and Ralston's in the right place. It's not an easy header by any stretch, He's going across him at a bit of pace, and he just launches himself at it, it's down in the ground, really hard for a keeper, and you know, for all the the hard work that Ralston's put in in the last couple of months, you know, he's had a couple of goals already, but that was a big one for him, and he thoroughly
1: enjoyed it. He did, and you can see what it means to him, and you can see just what playing for Celtic means to him, and he just, he gives his everything, and it's great to see uh, a guy like that get his rewards you know, speaking just there of man of the matches, he would be in the mix for that. He he, uh, he drove the team a lot a lot last night. Yeah, thought he'd done really well. So it's funny, you know, the benefit of hindsight and just kind of looking back on notes and different things. I thought Celtic had gone 2-0 up before that big Joe Hart save. So mm-hmm. the fella Joe Newell, Newells had a real big chance in around the six-yard box and, and Hart's managed to get his his right foot onto that. And, you know, one, one each at that point makes a huge difference. The home crowd get a lift, but... It's been so important for Hart to be there at that time, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I've said it before. You know, Kyogo and Avada and Jota and you know all these guys, you know, these are big signings for ranch. None of them matter if you don't get the goalie right. You know, if Barkas is not goals there, then that that that's a real problem. Hart has been a phenomenal signing for us and it's he, he's playing his part of the game. Even games like the weekend where he had no, you know, shots to save, he still drives the team. He's a real captain, a real leader.
1: Yeah, there's another big save in the second half, which we'll cover shortly. But a huge moment there, um, keeping it one 0 Celtic, and not long after it's gone two 0 So similar again in such that it was a David Turnbull set piece, so this time a corner and another defender, Carter Vickers, finishing with a, a very tidy left foot volley, very nimble striker like finish.
0: Your uh, centre half and a big lumpier centre half as well, scoring a left foot volley. Keeper could maybe done better, but kind of you know again with hindsight, I haven't seen now the the highlights. I think keeper's maybe going to cover his near post and Vickers
1: just pops it across to the goalie's left. It's a great finish. Yeah, big twinkle toes making it 2-0. So yeah. good to see. Um, Just about that same time, news starts to filter through from Ibrooks that uh, our old friend Bruni has scored a diving header uh, and then celebrated Morelos style into the bargain. Having seen that as well now, having seen the highlights that, He's sorry, 100% been practising that celebration. <laughs> He's got the run and all the nonsense down to a tee. And, uh, listen, it was a great moment to watch.
0: Yeah, as the commentators say, that's, that's one off the training ground, Yeah, that yeah. celebration.
1: That was it. And, actually, the the Bruni chant then goes up in the, the South Stand for we, we were at Easter Road. So, it's a fun, fun few minutes.
0: Yeah, and that, that's, you know, part of the fun of going away games
1: when you get that, you know,
0: your Uncle Noel on the radio telling you that... Uh, Albert Kidd scored a couple of goals for Dundee and stuff like that, you know.
1: Yeah, so no, it was good and it's important. And listen, we're not going to kid on that we're not keeping an eye on things from, you know, Ibrox or whatever range they're playing because that's that's who we need to to beat if we're going to win the league title this year. So, yeah, Ange and the you know, players will say different things. But as fans, you know, you're always listening out and hoping that your rivals drop some points and and so it proved to be. Um, back to Celtic, though. So we're really starting to click it in the gate at this point. You know, some real fast flowing football as mentioned, Turnbull's at the centre of a lot of it. Uh, Rogic, you know, definitely doing his thing. Turnbull's uh, himself had a, a really big chance just coming in on the left-hand side after a, a really smart dummy by Mikey Johnson. And Turnbull's done well and he's, he's, he's played his part tonight, uh, Sorry, last night, but he should have tucked that one away, shouldn't he? He did. He, I don't
0: know if he just kind of panicked a wee bit. Um, Johnson, having made the dummy, has made himself available. I don't blame Turnbull for shooting, but if you're shooting, you've got to at least what the goalie. Um, preferably, you preferably know, finish it, but um, yeah, yeah, not not great, but the football that led up to that was, was phenomenal. You see that this Turnbull's not really so much involved in attacking stuff, you look at the four attacking of Rogic, eh, Kyogo, Jota and Johnson coming out of defence, that is a, a torturous line to be coming at your back four.
1: Yeah, it's hard to deal with and it's, it's clearly the kind of thing that Ange sets up. He wants to have these, you know, three, four, five flair player players driving at teams and and we've definitely got that just now. So, yeah, Celtic absolutely uh, probing for a third at that point, and we get it after about half an hour. So, this time it's Kyogo with potentially the, the easiest goal he'll score for Celtic. This was his tenth goal of the season. Uh, really good work by Jota, but brilliant stuff by Tom Rodgic.
0: The feet, and you know, and you've seen it so many times, but it's still you marvel at it when you when you see it live, or even you know, catch it in the highlights. He dances past three players. And then takes a fourth one out with his slide drill pass to Jota, who's you know just kept his line nice and tight, and he slotted it uh, across to
1: Kyogo. Uh, and like you say, it's the easiest finish you'll ever get. Yeah, big snake caps dancing through the defense. So yeah. yeah, it was really good to see. So three now, and you're you're really cruising at that point. Um, Disappointingly then that we've we've actually conceded one You know, a bit before half-time I've clocked it around about 37 minutes um, It's either Martin Boyle's head or Ryan Portis' arm I can't quite tell But Portis's arm Yeah, something's happened and it's kind of squirmed into the net A fairly scrappy goal But also a wee bit disappointing from our, our point of view That defensively we switched off there I think we need to be stronger So it just gives Hibs a glimmer of hope And listen, we've absolutely blown them away But it is a wee bit disappointing to concede in such a manner
0: yeah, and I think you know there's, there's so many things that Ange had to fix when he came into Celtic in the summer. Um, personnel first and foremost, belief, um, tactics, strategies. What's, won't have fallen by the wayside, but it's maybe slightly down the priority list, is how they're set up for set pieces, both attacking and defending. We had, I think, something like 10 11 corners last night for ourselves, and we didn't make much of any Bar one, the Vickers one. And they've scored, Hibs have scored from a corner, so we're not set up attacking or defending for corners set plays. So, like I say, you have a lot of things to fix. That's starting to bubble up to become a bit of a priority.
1: Maybe, yeah. I think, um, you know, as much as we've scored from a corner with the Carter Vickers one, and that one seemed to be a very deliberate, it was quite a low delivery in an area probably between the... the End of the six-yard box and the penalty spot. It's, you know, it seems to be quite a well-defined area that they found there. That aside, the rest of the ones, particularly the second half, were just general kind of outswinging corners from Turnbull and just to a, a, a general area. There was no, didn't seem to be any set of movement and stuff. So, listen, I'm sure they are working on it, but it seems to not have yet clicked into gear for us.
0: If, if that is the case, then with the, the the skillful players we've got, they should be going short. If they're not going to make anything from it, with a punt into the box, go short and
1: trouble on that way. Yeah, or even mix it up. So yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens in the coming games. Um, So yeah, so that um takes us towards half time, but definitely a, a further disappointment there with Tom Rodgers having to be replaced by Beaton, I think on 44 minutes. The suggestion is it's a hamstring injury. I've obviously now had the benefit of Ange's post-match comments. He's suggesting that we'll see how he is for Saturday, but he might be looking to give him a rest anyway. The fact that he's talking like that is fairly encouraging, so it doesn't sound like it's anything severe. Um and it, you know, it might be something that keeps him out for a game, maybe a couple of games, but hopefully nothing longer. I mean, with the form he's been on, it'd be a blow to lose Roderick for any length of time, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, but at the same time, you know, if it's if it's not severe, if it's just a a slight tweak, then let's not make it severe by playing when we don't really have to. There's there's more options around the midfield now than there there has been in Angie's reign. So let's utilise the squad, give Tama eh, Tam a, a break at the weekend. And much
1: I'd like to see him play. If he's not hundred percent rest him. Yeah, and I don't think we'll see Rodgers on Saturday, and I think on that basis he would most likely go with Beton, Alabin McGregor and Turnbull up ahead. I would actually really like to see him retain McGregor in the six and let uh, Mikey Johnson and Turnbull have a go, but Mikey in a ten. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, maybe Angel try that, Um but we'll see what the weekend brings. So halftime comes, Um and just something I'd like to point out at halftime, I know you've clocked it as well, but there was a, if you had an eye on things and you obviously wouldn't have seen this from telly, but a number of subs were, were involved in a bit of a, a rondo thing, doing a bit of keep you up. It was guys like uh, Montgomery, Jack Amakis, Ayete, Bain, a couple of others. I think there was half a dozen guys there. So basically doing a bit of kind of keep you up, keep ball. And you can see very quickly he picked up on what was going on. There was a punishment for whoever let it drop. And on a cold, drizzly night at Easter Road, the punishment was getting your ears flicked by all five other guys. And I know that sounds like a wee daft thing and, and maybe even a bit childish but they were having a great time with it, they were having a right laugh. I've actually taken a wee video of it, which I'll post a wee bit later on today, but there was real spirit there, real camaraderie in it, and it was just, you know, sometimes you see, you know, subs with the shoulders down and huffing and puffing and how man I getting a game and different things. There was none of that. They were all in it together, all having a laugh and, and clearly playing their part and keeping that team spirit.
0: What's interesting is every single one of those guys who was involved in that, that wee rondo, you know, the five or six, all of them have played their part in the season so far. Mm-hmm. And this is a part of what Ange instilled in the teams. First and foremost, it's a team game. You'll all play your part throughout the season, whether it's early, middle, late, coming on in games, starting games, whatever it may be. You're the squad. And he's just really instilled that in the team. And we, oh, teams that have that typically, more often than
1: not, win things. And we haven't had that in a long time. Yeah, that's true. Um, <clears throat> I mean, 11 guys don't win your leagues. It's, you know, 18, 19, 20 guys, and you need to engender that team spirit, and, and there's no doubt Ange uh, is definitely doing that. Um, so going into the second half, uh, you know, following the half that we had seen, you know, you know, have absolutely blitzing Hibs um, to run into that three-goal leading in 3-1. You're expecting more of the same. You're certainly hoping for more of the same in the second half, but turned out to be, you know, a far more balanced affair. Hibs, to be fair, they needed to change something and do something, and they did acquit themselves... A bit better in, in general in the second half, limiting us to, you know, chances and actually having a couple himself. It was something they had to do, didn't they? They had to shut up shop somewhere.
0: Yeah, but it wasn't back to the wall, shut up shop. I think all credit to Jack Ross there. He's he's put a great team talk into them. He's maybe changed a couple of things tactically as well. And they've come out and played a far better game. You know, the the, the danger was if they played as as they had started the game, um, then they could be on the end of a and guys were talking at halftime. Palliers was saying this could be seven, kind of thing, and it it very much could have been. But they set themselves up in a far more attacking uh, formation, and they came at us, and we had to defend on it. So, a really good interview with that man, Ralston, and he said, You know, he he spoke about the first half being, you know, we showed the attacking flair we've got, but we also showed we could defend when they come at us in the second half. And that's as as good a part of Celtic's learning curve as as the attacking is. You know, sometimes you'll be. Defending, sometimes you be attacking. Hibbs did come at us, and I was really impressed with the, the way that at three one down they did that. But at the same time, I was I was impressed with how we kind of restricted their clear cut chances at least.
1: Yeah, I think we contained them pretty well, and there was a spell of pressure. I've, I've kind of noted it around about 70-75 minutes, where you know Hibbs had a kind of few. It wasn't it wasn't waves of attacks, but they were certainly on the offensive, and we were. You know, struggling a wee bit to to find the outball and different things. They had a, a very strong chance that at that moment or, or during that spell, where Jamie Murphy found himself one on one with Joe Hart, and he's just done the the Peter Schmeichel thing. You know, make yourself yeah, big, the like starfish. Star, yeah. yeah, and he's made a, a, another big save. So you know, adding that to the Joe Newell thing. So as much you know, for all the good stuff going forward, you need Joe Hart to step up. You need Tony Nelson to step up. You need Carter Vickers and and Starfield, who are, who I thought again was very good tonight to to do their job and the guys at each end of the park are doing their things. So Mm -hmm. Kyogo and and Co up top are are doing what they need to do. And from heart, you know, and in front of him, they're also doing their job on the team.
0: Yeah. And, you know, like you just said there, you know, the squad game, the team game, everyone's playing their part. Even guys who, you know, weren't 9 out of 10 last night, they still had important uh, interventions throughout the game. I thought as a team, we controlled the game more or less start to finish, and,
1: you know, everyone played their bit. Yeah, you're not going to get it all your own way in any game of football. You're always going to, you know, leave a couple of chances for the opposition. And I think, you know, overall, controls are a key word. You've used it and, you know, we have used it in general in terms of uh, some of the post-match shows in recent times. And, and where, you know, it was a wee bit more off the cuff in some of the earlier stuff under Ange. And, you know, you, you couldn't say we were fully in control against an Alkmaar, you know, despite getting through that game. As an example, you're far more in control the last few games we've seen league-wise and, and in Ferencvaros as well. So, yeah, it's great to see and it's it's very encouraging moving forward. Um, couple of changes, or one change in about the 65th minute. So, uh, Mikey Johnson goes off, another good hour under his belt and some good things that we've mentioned. Jack Amakis comes on. He looked lively again. He's looking fit. He worked hard, he tried to get on the end of a couple of things. There was one that Kyogo, I think, squared across the edge of the box from that he kind of screwed it wide and well, stuff. Almost but, right away,
0: just after he came on.
1: Yeah, yeah, but he's putting himself about and he's going to get goals for Celtic, isn't he?
0: Ah, he's an absolute handful. You know, a big guy, but athletic as well. You know, he's not just a big lump, um, physical and fast. He was fast into that ball from Kyogo, just kind of caught it slightly wrong. And another day, that one's he's caught that sweet in it, and it's in. I, I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing from Jackamakis for sure.
1: Yeah, he's a great option to have. Um, the next sub and final sub Celtic have made. So as Kyogo that comes off 81 minutes, and Abada comes comes in. He'll obviously be keen to make an impression after you know starting the last couple of games on on the bench, and he's done well. Uh, not too long after, so I think it's Ralston that's found him where a, a decent switch ball out to the left hand side. He's got on the end of that, uh, stood up the defender, and then squared it to Jota and considering the form he's been in and the talent he has, you were just waiting for the net to bulge.
0: So, right right in front of the Celtic fans, so I think every single uh, fan in that stand was just waiting for the, the net to bulge. Um, he's got it all wrong, and he's the he's the guy you expect to absolutely crack that and just bury it. So, you know, we'll not give too much a hard time given he can't stop winning man of the matches, uh, and he played most of the game out of position. So disappoint not to get the goal for Jota personally, but
1: yeah, just one of those things. Aye. Jota out, getting back to Benfica ASAP. Cancel alone. Um but yeah, so as I say, that's kinda you know, towards the end of the game, and then Celtic I've shown that game management professionalism, call it what you like, but we've managed to run down the clock down the right hand side, uh, between guys like Ralston Turnbull. At one point of Vickers find themselves down there. I've no idea why. Uh, guys bouncing off him as he tried to keep the ball in the corner, but...
0: A double piggyback, I saw.
1: <laughs> just two, trying to get over Two haps
0: up haps, haps players on top of him,
1: Yeah, But the game's uh, played out, uh, the final whistle's gone, so listen, always cause for celebration, you know, in 3-1 Easter Road, and this hoodoo that we, inverted commas hoodoo, but you know, couldn't win away, As Can Easter Road. Winning away. Yeah, Easter Road, uh, Fur Park, Um So really good to see you, so, and just, you know, blowing all these things out of the water, and, you know, we spoke about it. We mentioned it, and it's been said pre-match. Celtic hadn't won in seven visits to Easter Road. This is all pre-Ange, of course. Nothing they can do about that. But he's just blown away the, you know, the the hoodoos and the myths bit by bit. So great to see.
0: Yeah, he's also doing it as much as we're scoring goals. Uh, you know, I'm enjoying that. There's so much football to enjoy at Celtic just now, even when they don't come to goals. Celtic are a club whose fans love to see that, and they appreciate it, even if it doesn't quite come off. They appreciate the football that went behind. There was so many chances last night that could have resulted in goals, but the football that
1: led up to them was just beautiful to watch. Yeah, it really is. So, it's important to note that, you know, great to see Celtics win, but we'd be kidding on if we didn't say we you know had half an eye on what the score it was going to be. be with
0: live scores. Yeah, handy.
1: so coming through from Ibrox, you're waiting to see. Um, It went up on the big screen at Easter Road as well, and obviously it's coming through on, on people's phones and different things, but confirmed it to each Ibrox, so that's important for us. Um, Obviously a big cheer goes up, and you know you're, you're enjoying the fact that you've you made up a background, so it's now just two points uh, a difference at the top. Rangers on twenty four, Celtic now on twenty two. Massive difference in goal difference. We are plus nineteen, 19 I think, and they're plus nine. Uh, so that could uh, have its part to play towards the end of the season. But you know, you generally speaking, always be pleased at that. But you get up the road or, or even the morning or whatever, and you catch the highlights. There's a couple of shockers on that game. <sighs>
0: um. You know, one, one glaring one and probably a couple of others as well. But, you know, that that, that penalty that they get when they really needed to get a penalty. Um, I put it this way, if Neil McCann says it isn't a penalty, it must have been the worst penalty decision I've ever seen in my life.
1: Yeah, I think you've got Neil McCann, guy, guys like Richard Foster, um, the guys on Sports Round, various people, you know, who, dumbfounded. who at times, you know, you wouldn't be sure about where they lean. Really clear on the fact that it's, in their opinion, not a penalty. Interestingly, the guys on the BBC, in terms of the telly, you've got uh, Shelley on the telly, Shelley Kerr, and you've got James McFadden. I'm a bit puzzled with James McFadden. He 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 maintains it was apparently, as does Shelley Kerr, so unanimous all round there.
0: Shelley Kerr, so far so expected, right? You're not getting them Shelly, Shelley. You do Rangers TV? That's fine. James McFadden, you're embarrassing yourself to be calling that uh, just ridiculous. And if we you know, the, the whole product, this product we export, we talk about it. You know, the, the media is a part of that as well. And you've got to be looking at things in a balanced fashion and saying,
1: I don't know where he's got that from at all. Hmm. Yeah, I was just, I, I'm a bit disappointed by James, if truth be told. Um, but, you know, people have got their, their reasons, their agendas, and different things. But I just thought, you see, you know, listen, this is a guy that's played at a very, very good level. Premier st- premiership stuff down there, played for his country, you know, big goals against France, all that stuff. He, he knows that's not a in the, in the modern game.
0: Yeah, but if you're an honest broker like Michael Stewart, you get bombed out.
1: Yeah, and we're not seeing a lot of Michael Stewart on BBC. Uh, interestingly, I think he tweeted something about he's he's out of the loop right now. He's, he won't be there and doesn't know when he'll be back, I think was his comment.
0: Yeah. Um, If we get to the actual football side of it, it does come back to the product league sport and the fact there's been no referee from Scotland at any decent level of European or international tournament for a long, long time. And that's why... Because any and observer is looking at it and going, what kind of refereeing is this? I can't have that in my tournament. So where's the accountability? Where is the strive for excellence in our game? You know, as teams, as players, we've all got to strive to be the best. Where are referees striving to be the best or the agenda's getting in their way of that?
1: Yeah, and also the SFA are, are selling their ref short by dragging their heels on VAR. So we're one of the last notable European countries to catch up uh, on the VAR thing and it maybe be about a couple of years before it's introduced here and all that time so if you look at our top refs just now what average they are a couple of years down the line they'll start to get used to VAR and then the next major tournament comes around these guys could miss out on the chance to go to World Cups and Euros and different things now in the bigger picture I couldn't care less about our referees going to World Cups I'm, I'm going to be a bit off topic here but as you say if the SFA are trying to improve the product here in Scotland and, and make us the best across the board our coaching our referees our everything, then we're way, way behind.
0: We, we spoke about it uh, earlier on. There's been <coughs> games in Europe you've come away from, whether you've been at the game or you know, it's been a, a game you've caught in telly or something, and you've genuinely went, I, I really enjoyed the referee's performance. I thought the referee had a good game, let the play flow, you know, didn't take any nonsense, but it was well refereed. When's the last time you came away from a Scottish game, and I include Hibs last night, mm. when you come away and go, I thought the referee had a great game.
1: Yeah, I can't. I can't think at all. So that maybe tells its own tale. But you know, in Stephen Glass's uh, interview, he's saying basically he thought they were undone um, last night by a free kick that wasn't a free kick, and apparently that wasn't a penalty. So we'll round that one off at that. So back to Celtic, um, as mentioned. So you know, two points in it in the title race, huge goal difference um, advantage at this moment in time. I think we've got a ten goal swing in our favour. Touched on a couple of guys that you know were the main men for us uh, last night. So. Rogic, Ralston, anyone else notable? Who would be your man of the match?
0: Uh, I think Rogic is my man of the match. I thought ha, uh wasn't called on much, but when he was, he stood up to it. Um, Jota's always there, Kiel was making runs. Johnson, what we was talking earlier on about yeah, moves that didn't quite come with goals, Johnson was involved in all of them. So for a guy who's just coming back, that's great to see. Um, yeah, it's, it's all the attacking guys. And McGregor again, you know, very quietly running controlling games.
1: Yeah, I think as well. Um, not to sit on the fence or anything, but you're hard pushed to find a Celtic guy who who didn't have a decent game last night. You know, they've all performed well, some a bit better than others. I thought Juranovic was a wee bit off it, and maybe he's still to find his feet. And listen, he's been played out of position, yeah. so you can forgive him for that. But
0: and even that was like second half stuff. First half, he was decent.
1: I thought he was, yeah, and then you know. Across the board, we've spoken about how I thought Starfield was really good, and he's continuing to, uh, you know, grow in confidence. has done his thing, got his goal. Ralston, you can go right through the team, you know. And this isn't like Celtic fanboy stuff, but we call it when it's not going right, and we're, you know, we're well within our rights to call it when it's going well. And I think there's just a standard there. There's a level across the board that I think these guys need to reach under Ange, and they're hitting those heights at this moment in time more often than not.
0: They are, but I don't think you've seen anything like you're going to see from Angie's team, I think they're just getting into their stride.
1: Yeah, this isn't the end, this is just the beginning, Ooh. said I. Said a, said a certain character. Something bit thunder. Yeah. Um, so, next up, uh, we've got Livingston at home, Saturday, 3 o'clock kick-off, uh, Celtic Park. Obviously, another one to look forward to, as are all the games just now, but it's a chance to go top, uh, at least for 24 hours, Rangers are at uh, Motherwell away on Sunday, so it could be a big, big day, couldn't it?
0: Yeah, there's, there's a lot of wee kind of side shows at play there. You know, the Celtic players will certainly want to atone for um, the points dropped at Almond vale, you know, to, to get that 20 back over. Tony Macaroni, James. Macaroni, uh, To get that back over the um, yeah, Livingston. So, I, and given the flow they're in just now, the football they're playing just now, the personnel they've got available, none of that was existent when we played Libby last. So, I think Celtic will be right up for that. Livy will come out with a very industrial style of defensive football. That's our job to break down and, and score the goals, which I think we will do. And it's, you know, Rangers playing their first tricky away game of the season in November. Is that November? still October?
1: Yeah, just about, just about. Halloween. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Paddy from the show. Paddy be speaking on the weekly show and he's got his winning 5-0 eh, on Saturday, mostly in revenge for that defeat of the Tony Macaroni last month. But you won't even motivate these players. You know, as fans, we can... Speculate and get carried away, baby. You know, five nils or, or you know should be comfy and all that stuff. You know the way Ange approaches his football that he won't have the players thinking in any way like that. Feet will be firm on the ground. You know the focus will very quickly switch from Easter Road to Celtic Park on Saturday, and he'll have them in the right frame of mind. We know that's how he works, don't we?
0: Yeah, and you're starting to see players talk like that in interviews. You know, it's about the mentality and playing your game and playing it. You know, to your absolute peak level so there's no uh, chat of you know carried away or we should be beating this team we deserve we're entitled none of that it's just do your job and the good things will come
1: yeah absolutely so great night for us at Easter Road last night and another big one for us to look forward to on Saturday so Celtic now jump up to second in the table following a fourth consecutive league win and the Andrew Machine now moves on to Levy at Celtic Park on Saturday we'll be back with you for that one but in the meantime thanks to James and as always thanks for listening Sponsored by Ten Ten Podcasts. Sponsored by Ten Ten Podcasts. The Celtic Exchange. A fresh insight on Celtic Football Club.